Hello, my minions, and this is Dr. Quackers, and I would like to talk to you about today's sponsor, Viking Fitness. Viking Fitness is currently running a sale for his online training camp. It's a 10-week program for only $100. That's $10 a week to help yourself become a better you. Whether you are wanting some help getting that summer bod or starting a journey of renewal, Viking Fitness will help you. Go to vikingfitnessnh.com and click contact. Use code word DUCK to receive an additional discount. Also, go to Todd Norseman on Facebook. Thank you and have a good day. Hello and welcome back to Dr. Quackers and today we're reviewing Batman Begins. Like I've stated before on this podcast, Batman is my all-time favorite superhero. He always has been and probably always will. This is the first Christopher Nolan Batman movie of the trilogy. Uh, these Batman movies are one of my favorite versions of the characters. Uh, it gives him and some of his other fellow characters from the comics a more realistic story. And, you know, more, re real more realistic versions like Scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul. Um, like Ra's al Ghul, he's kind of basically an immortal. No, in this one, this one, he's, you know, it's kind of like a name, some, somewhat of a mantle. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really cool, and I like it a lot. But it, it's easier for Batman to be a more realistic version of himself. He isn't a superhuman. Um, he shouldn't be able to do whatever he, whatever he wants. And that's kind of the point. They just are like, this is a man to the nth degree, to sheer will. He'll just push his body as far as it can go. But like every human on the planet, it has its limitations. And I think these movies kind of show those limitations more than you typically typically would see in like the comics or even other versions of the character. The point of this film and the point that Bruce Wayne makes a lot in the comics and even other versions of the story is that anyone can be Batman. That's kind of the point. That's why he wears the mask. It's, he himself should not be the symbol. It should be the mask he wears and what he stands for. And I think that very much is emphasized a whole lot in this movie. I know I love the Tim Burton films, but that's never really talked about in there. Like, that's, that's this whole thing. That's why there's other people that take up a mantle. They're now a symbol of protection of Gotham. It's not, it's not about him. It's about being able to be a symbol to be hope for Gotham. And it's part of the reasons that that ideal is the reason that Batman is my favorite superhero. He's the symbol of being hard, strong, uh, commitment, you know, just resilience, like will, just sheer willpower. And I, I think that's why so many people like view him as their favorite superhero. Um, now, that's not just Batman that stands up for those things, but, you know, it's because him not having any powers, it really emphasizes that even more than, say, like Superman, Spider-Man or Captain America. Like, it's just not the same. This is a man doing what his body can do, not what the powers can do. This movie shows how far Batman will go to save the city of Gotham and its people, even if it means not saving someone which goes against his ideals for saving everyone. Yeah, so one thing in this is that at the end where he's like, I don't have to save you, and that's essentially what he'll go to. be like, fine, I just won't, I won't save you if it's for the greater good. Um, now, some people are like, well, he still killed him. I'm like, nope, no, he didn't. He didn't do anything. He just didn't save him from dying. <laughs> That's not killing. I've heard some people complain about it. They're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, well, yeah, it does. 
That's not his... He doesn't have to save them. He's also not killing them. Like, that's specifically with the villain. I won't say which one. I mean, this movie's been out since 2005. And it's one of those, like, most famous Batman films on the planet. So you haven't seen it, and you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm kind of shocked, but you should go give it a watch. Um, but yeah, I, I think that complaint's a bit bullshit. I enjoy these type of comic book movies a little bit more than just the standard blockbuster superhero film. Because these are the ones who explore the character in a more in-depth way, more than just, like I said, the blockbuster movies do. They tell a full story with some of the best story arcs in their respective comic book lines. This one tells one of the best arcs in the Batman mythos, the heir to the demon. This was the first time that Ra's al Ghul has appeared on the big screen. He's played by Liam Neeson, which is a great choice for the character, being that he has proven that he can play formidable teachers in previous films like Star Wars playing Qui-Gon Jinn. He does the character justice and delivers the dialogue very well in the movie because he has more commanding demeanor than Batman in this movie, which is important for his character. He is the leader of the greatest assassin group in the world, the League of Shadows. The training of these individuals was shown in, really, in a really cool way and I wouldn't change a thing about it. I, I like the whole thing. I think it's badass as fuck. Definitely one of the best uh, films, uh, villains of, of the whole trilogy, uh, for sure. The other villain in this movie is Scarecrow. He isn't my favorite Batman villain, but I did really like this version of the character. It actually shows how this character can be a real threat to Batman, which in my opinion, other villains were better threats to him in the comics, like the Riddler, Two-Face, and the Penguin. So I really like how they kind of gave him a bit more of an important role than he normally kind of gets, because sometimes he can be like the B-villain of the B-villain. Like in the, there's, during the, when Bane shows up in the comics, like he became like a B-villain of a B-villain. It was kind of weird, like Scarecrow was there, like kind of through the actions of the Joker, who was kind of there through the actions of Bane. So I'm just kind of glad he got a little bit more respect than he typically gets. He is the reason for the end game to happen in this movie, and that's what makes him a better villain in this movie. I, it's just great. He's more heavily involvement, much more integral to the plot. I don't think this character should be the lead villain, and I think he does his best when he's supporting another villain, like when he did in the Arkham games. The actor does a great job of showing the quirks in the character, like how he associates people's fear, and he's quite fearful himself, especially when he encounters the Dark Knight the second time. Cool fucking scene. I think the special effects are really badass in that. The whole, like, demon Batman looks really fucking cool. So, yeah, special effects, fucking cool as shit. Batman has a bit more friends in this movie than he, he has in other films. I really like the people they chose. They have Lucius Fox and Alfred Pennyworth. They have the roles that they should have in this movie. They actually get truly flushed out in this film because they actually do things that they are famous for in the comics, like stitching up Bruce after a night of crime fighting, helping him find a new gadget to fight crime with, like the Batmobile or, or a plated body armor that can be used in a sneaking situation. Yeah, they're just a whole lot better. Uh, this is actually my favorite version of Alfred. Um, some people may disagree with me, but that's fine. I love Michael Caine as Alfred, and I've pretty much seen anything. Yeah, I've seen every version of the character, so I, can, I think it's fair to say I like this one the most. And there's others that are pretty damn close, don't get me wrong, but uh, this one is my favorite. Plus, who? how can you go wrong with Morgan Freeman? Morgan Freeman plays Lucius Fox. What a great fucking actor. Everyone loves Morgan Freeman, so I have nothing to complain about that either. I actually do still really enjoy Christian Bale's Batman. I don't think... He's the titular Batman. Um, it's, uh, some people still think he is. Uh, I never really thought he was the titular Batman. I thought he had a couple great films, but I always kind of preferred Michael Keaton over him. But actually, uh, this may be controversial as well, but I don't really care. I, my favorite current live-action Batman is Rob Pattinson. I think he played the most accurate Batman we've seen on screen. So, yeah. But either way, I still really enjoy Christian Bale's Batman. I think, I think he's definitely top three it's like 
Robert Pattinson, Michael Keaton, Christian Bale. That's kind of where I sit. Um, but yeah, he's great. Uh, you get to understand the thought process of Batman, and how he goes through it every night, thinking about how he's going to save the city from itself. He also puts himself to the highest degree of fighting, physical appearance, to make sure he will never fail in trying to protect the city, no matter what, no matter who or what is going to get in his way. Yeah, it's it's cool as shit. I like it a lot. Um, I I much prefer his Batman voice in this film than the following films because this is before he started just going blah, 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 and every fucking thing he says. Like I just I fucking hate that Batman voice. It sounds goofy. And it sounds stupid. And I think that's why these his performances haven't aged as well as I think some people remember. Just that stupid cartoony voice and like. The Dark Knight was tolerable, but when it came to The Dark Knight Rises, I was like, what the fuck is this voice? So, yeah. Um, So luckily, this is pre-obnoxious voice. So I actually think this is my favorite performance from Christian Bale as Batman is in this movie. So, yeah. This still is one of my favorite Batman films and should be viewed by anyone who wants to see a great superhero movie that shows a good story, cool action instead of like crappy ones like Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Batman and Robin, which is arguably one of the worst superhero films ever made. And apparently some people think it's the worst film ever made. <laughs> so, yeah. I give this movie an 8 out of 10. I think it's a great film. I think it's definitely one of the most titular Batman movies you can watch out there. It's not my favorite Batman film, but it's definitely really good. And I think if you just love The Dark Knight, uh, you'll love this movie too. So, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this review. If you did, I've reviewed a good amount of other Batman movies and a bunch of other superhero movies. So if you're going to go check those out, it's highly fucking appreciated. Also, I'm on Twitch, uh, dr underscore quackers 66. I actually just streamed last night after a, a, a bit of a hiatus. Uh, played some fucking Overwatch. I don't know what I'll be playing next. Probably something more story-based. Uh, I'm also probably going to be streaming some, with some friends soon. So, yeah. If you want to go check that out, if you're interested in that, Go, uh, go on Twitch. I, it's, if you want to get to know me more, that's where to go. That's where I can really interact with you if you like my podcast. And if you, you know, want to do recommendations, shoot the shit with me. Like I said, it's on there. So thank you, and I hope you have a good fucking day.